0: Hello. You're listening to Martrek, the podcast that explores new marketing frontiers. News, chat, views, and strategies for marketing pros who want to boldly go where no person has gone before. Your hosts are me, Dom Hawes, and Simon Quarrendon. Today, we're talking to Richard White from Unit 4 about the only subject that really matters right now. How can we all thrive instead of just survive through this crisis. Richard runs an international sales team selling highly complicated enterprise resource planning systems into higher education. If there was ever a market that's hard to sell to right now, this is it. But Richard and Unit 4 are not taking the situation lying down. So if you want to hear how a business that could be finding life almost too tough to bear is on the front foot and getting set to dominate, don't go away. But before we do
1: that, Simon, how are you coping with the lockdown? Well, I'd like to give the honest answer and say um, with huge mental resilience, but of course the answer is a really cheeky little rosé that I found from the local Asda store. Uh, Actually, it's a combination of both. So the the rosé helps in the evening, but but it was, a, it was something that was taught to me a long time ago, which is about mental strength. And mental strength is something that people can practice along with physical strength. And what it's all about is just focusing on the things you can control rather than the things you can't control. And it's such a simple thing. But the reality is, of course, we are all complete news hounds and news junkies, and we're absorbing so much news. And it's so easy to get overwhelmed by the whole process. But all this is all about is you've just got to focus on yourselves and what you can control. And of course, what you can control is your personal happiness and how you approach work and the people that are surrounding you. And that helps me get through the day.
0: That's what experience brings, I guess. I have to tell you, I found the first couple of weeks really hard. But at the time, it was really important also not to show that to the outside world. Now, a couple of weeks ago, you may remember, you gave me exactly the same advice that you have just given to focus on what I could control. So together, we decided we were going to get on the front foot to ignore the hard times because they were out of our control and just to focus really on good communications and team building. And it's kind of working.
1: Yeah, and you, 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 we started off having daily calls with our MDs. We've now moved to twice weekly. You are extremely good at keeping in touch with them. And you, you ask them the questions on a regular basis. What would you give yourself scores out of 10 for your business and for your personal selves? And, you know, it's infectious. I, I think our positive attitude is infectious. The MDs are generally very positive. Or at least that's what they're telling us. But I think they generally are. And you know, together we are look. We're trying to look for opportunities where perhaps it's so easy for this business just to uh, you know pull the duvet over your head, but but now is not the time to pull the duvet over your head. Now's the time to throw the duvet off and embrace the day.
0: Now, it's time for us to speak to Richard White. I was on the phone to Richard a few weeks ago, and he was telling me what's going on at Unit 4 and how he and his colleagues are dealing with the crisis. And I knew that moment we absolutely had to get him online, because guys, you got to hear what he's got to say. So without any further ado, I'd like to say, hi, Richard, and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Tom. Nice to be here. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about Unit 4? Yep, so um, Unit 4 is a
2: global software provider. Um, three or four main components of their portfolio, but primarily do ERP software, so enterprise resource planning software. And uh, in my case, I'm sales director uh, for the higher education vertical across UK, Ireland and Europe. And we sell a specific suite of software
0: which caters for the needs of Universities, in simple language. How have you guys been affected by the lockdown and the crisis so far? Well, it's
2: challenging um, to say the least. Um, Universities, in particular, are facing some significant threats, as are all businesses at the moment. But in the case of universities, they have a number of worries. I always describe them as an enterprise business that sells a product, which is education. And certainly in the UK space, students pay over £9,000 a year their right to be educated and of course when the coronavirus came to the fore uh, a month or so ago the universities had no choice but to cease doing face-to-face tuition so very rapidly they had to find a way to move towards remote learning for their students which was a huge challenge Uh, they were not geared up for that in any way shape or form so that was the immediate challenge but the, the significant challenge they face now is around financial planning They're a business, so they need to get a certain number of students in as their customers starting in the September intake. And of course, there's a lot of debate at the moment about will the universities be able to reopen in September to start off with? Or will they be able to commence and carry on with their uh, student intake in September but deliver remote learning? Or indeed, will they have to postpone the intake through till January next year or even beyond? That's the first issue. The second issue is the really lucrative revenue stream for universities are foreign students because they can charge significantly more in terms of tuition fees. And the the great unknown is will foreign students want to enrol with UK uh, institutions or even European institutions
0: on the back end of the coronavirus? How does that affect how you guys then are behaving? Because I can't imagine anyone particularly wants to be engaged in a sales process at the moment, but because you guys are dealing in ERP, which by its very nature, is an enormously complicated solution-based sales. I'm guessing the cycle's very long. So how are you, how are you finding it's affecting you, your people and your company at the moment?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's a good, it's a good uh, point, on I mean, we've experienced a marked slowdown, um, obviously. We're trying to, and the sales cycles are, are very, very long indeed. I mean, typically more than 12 months. And then from decision with the customer through to full implementation might take another two years. So these are really big strategic decisions that um, the institutions are having to take. And the, the uh, opportunities, opportunities that we had in flight typically have stalled. And I've taken the stance with, with my team that we need to be cognizant of the fact that whilst these are important decisions for the customer to make, they've got even more important decisions that they need to make in the interim. So we're taking a, a very soft touch approach with our customers and I'm picking up and when I speak to colleagues in other industries, picking up that um, people are getting weary of being pushed by, by sales teams to try and progress opportunities that frankly are not at the top of their priority list anymore. We, we need to keep in the forefront of our customers' minds and ready to resume as quickly as we can once things free up a little bit at, at the moment we've got no choice but to be patient.
0: In the current climate, marketing is hard. But do you know what isn't hard? Making sure you never miss an episode of your favourite podcast. So tap the follow button on your podcast, and you'll never miss out on the latest episodes of Unicorny or Marketing Difference. You can even go back and listen to our back catalogue of amazing episodes. If you do that, please leave us a review. It would mean so much.
1: Richard, it's a really interesting area, isn't it? I mean, from a, a, ma- it's a, a the ultimate management task for you is you've got presumably a team of uh, highly paid, highly skilled uh, sales personnel. that You've worked long and hard to, to to give them the skills to encourage them, and if they're any good, they'll have built and are nurturing you know substantial pipelines. Um, how do you how do you keep them motivated? How do you reconcile? You have to respond to the clients clearly. You know, your team can't be seen to be trying to push large-scale ERP s- solutions onto their clients, you know, at a time when they're, you know, when they're, when they're simply not thinking about buying them. And yet, on the other hand, you know, your own team are there to sell. How, how, do, you, how do you manage that process? Well, it's hugely challenging. In, indeed, you know, my team are new business only.
2: So at the lowest level, from an income level, from their perspective, if they don't sell, it impacts their earnings significantly. The remote working piece is not an issue. My team is spread all around the UK and in Europe as well. And by default, we work from home anyway. That's just the way that we operate. But Keeping the motivation of the team going is, is a huge challenge. Frankly, they've got no choice. No, no, nobody's got any choice at the moment. It, it, it is what it is, which sort of sounds a bit fatalistic. So I took the view um, when this started that, you know, you can flip it over. OK, you can look at it from a very negative perspective. But, you know, my my career has been longer than I wish to say in a public forum. <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time. And in, in a strange way, we've been gifted the benefit of time at the moment, which when um, when we're operating as we would normally operate, life runs at a frenetic pace. It, it is absolutely flat out, especially, you know, when, when you're really in the depths of an opportunity negotiating and such like it, it is all-consuming, both on the client side and internally. So we've been gifted some time. In six or seven months' time, whenever this is properly over and done with, we'll reflect back and we'll be asking ourselves, did we use that time wisely? I believe. So I've taken taken the stance with my team that we, we need to use it um, to try and improve ourselves. So this is skills improvement. So as an example, we're doing some sales Skills training, I mean, I've got a highly experienced team. So this, this is um, along the lines of, you know, account planning, opportunity reviews, going through metrics, white space analysis. A lot of this is sales mumbo, mumbo jumbo. But we're, we've pressed, pressed the pause button and taking a look at our pipeline. We're being really analytical about the opportunities that we've got. And we're taking the time now to plan so that when things free up again, we're in the best possible place. That's the first thing we're doing. The second thing we're doing is you know, we, we sell a, a hugely complex software suite. Our shop window is our ability to demonstrate this software clearly and precisely. So we're doing an awful lot of work on our demonstration suite to make sure that it flows well. The, the core software is, is excellent, but it's as, only as good as the person that's driving it. So we've been through um, a number of views, reviews with the team where we're having formal presentations as if it was a customer demonstration, pausing it, we're reviewing it, we're analysing it, we're going back and we're rerunning it. So we're trying to build muscle memory as we go through this period. And again, it's it's all about waiting for the green light to come on, whenever that might be, to make sure we're as effective as we can be.
0: That's awesome, I have to say, building muscle memory for for post-trauma. Simon?
1: You're using this time in a really positive way to be, super, super competitive. And I, and I just love that because the the mindset, the positive mindset you would need uh, to, to, to get your team to see this as 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 a worthwhile exercise is enormous. I mean, you know, as you say, this is a team that you recruited to sell and they're not selling, but actually they're going to be, when they come out at the end of this, they're going to be even better salespeople than they were when they went in. I, I find that's really commendable.
2: I, I think it's also... Um, Testimony to the to the mindset of the organisation I work for. You know, you hear a lot about organisations furloughing or making staff redundant at the moment, and this is a very high paced business I work for. It's a, it's a, a PE backed organisation, um, originally Dutch. Its roots mainly in um, in North America, and the stance of the business is that we're still recruiting. We're still <laughs> recruiting. Um, the, the remit being, if there are a players, eighteen players out there, we need to get them and we need to get them on board. And again, this links through to the getting ready for when we restart again, because the software is immensely complex. It takes an awful long time to be become unconsciously competent with it. And you know, if I had somebody starting with me next week, the reality is they wouldn't be effective really in the field, even if they were experienced and had um, specific industry experience they probably wouldn't be totally effective for six months anyway. <laughs> so if we have another two months of lockdown to go, why not use two months of the lockdown to bring someone up to speed and then we've only got a four-month wait before they start becoming effective again. So it's all about, you know, for me, I think some organisations have to regroup. They have to make deep, deep, deep financial cuts. But, you know, let, let's not lose sight of the fact that as a, as a private sector organisation, we have to deliver numbers. And you know, if you look at um, 2020 as an example, Q1's gone, Q2's a write-off, effectively. We've got some business that will come through that had some uh, momentum anyway. But we, we're going to have to try and deliver a 12-month performance in whatever that might be, an eight-month year. Now, there'll be some slack given, I've got no doubt, for the fact that the world is not functioning the way it would normally function. But we have to deliver. It's a fact of life. So... That means, therefore, once we start working again, we have to overperform. So it's improving the win rates. It's about, you know, using some fairly blunt language, to you know, pick the right fights. You know, I, I would rather, I, my mantra with the team is I, I'd rather they work on one opportunity, but we've got a great chance of winning and we execute it perfectly than chase around after three or four opportunities of the possibles. So let's just be really, really effective with the time, execute flawlessly, and, um, you know, give it our best effort to deliver it in uncertain circumstances.
0: Richard, given that you've got, uh, you know, like big, big ticket sales here, do you get support from your marketing team? Do you you and the marketing team integrate to try and uh, address accounts or are you very much on your own? Yeah, so so
2: we, we run both account-based marketing programs and um, and broader market programs as well. So we, we're doing a lot of work at the moment. You know, so we're we're trying not to sell to our customers at the moment, and you know, my my view is that's the right approach. So if if you can't sell to customers, you want to be at the forefront of their mind. What do you do? And for me, it's thought leadership. So we're we're you know, at the moment we're in the planning stages. We're going to do some industry roundtables. What we're trying to do is, it sounds um, a little bit smug, I suppose, but we're trying we're trying to deliver real value to the marketplace. And for me. My, my background is uh, is primarily private sector sales. Now I'm working in the higher, edu- higher education field. But as I said at the start of this interview, um, you know, uh, higher education, these are big enterprises. They are mm. enterprise businesses that sell a product, which is student education. So we, we are trying to let the higher education customers gain some insight from private sector learning. So... How would a private sector um, approach the challenges of attracting, recruiting, and retaining students? It, it's, it's no different to a mobile network provider trying to attract new customers to their network in a highly competitive environment. Every university is competing. You know, there, there are more than one university in the majority of big cities. What, why, would, why would one student go to one university in Manchester when they could go to another one? What's the differentiator? So I'm, I'm trying to help the universities think about or take the lessons from the private sector into the education marketplace, attracting, attracting customers in, in a very aggressive uh, and competitive marketplace. <music>
0: Wow, huge thanks to Richard White, Sales Director, Higher Education at Unit 4 for that extraordinarily motivating interview. There are so many good takeouts that we are going to have to list them on our website, which you can find at martrekpodcast.com. Now, if you've enjoyed the show today, please help us. Tell us, firstly, what you want to hear, but also please subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on Spreaker, Spotify... Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, Podchaser, iHeartRadio, Deezer, and all sorts of other good podcast outlets. Simply search for Martrek or Marketing Trek, then hit subscribe. And as you're doing that, why not tell your colleagues about the show too? Thanks for listening, and until next time, that's a wrap.